Welcome to the Hit Parade Podcast. Come join the nation's award-winning number one repack brand and our host, Joe Kay, Patrick Mancuso, and Tom Hughes as we discuss all the happenings in the world of sports entertainment and we speculate on where things are going in the industry. Follow along for some hot takes and cool products that you're going to want to hear about. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hit Parade Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Kay, uh, joined by my, my running buddy here, Tom Hughes. Hi, Tom. How's it going? Uh, it's going for sure. And again, as uh, we continue our trials for who will be the new third on the Hip Parade Podcast, uh, we have Garrett Beesing here. Hi, Garrett. How's it going, Joe? Happy to be here. We're happy that you are here. Um, I'm glad that you have more ambition in this company than a lot of other people out there do. And you came here and you said, hey, let's do the podcast and talk about sports and have a great time. I'm excited to have you. Uh, Garrett, you're on the sales team here at Hip Parade with uh, Tom there, right? Yes, sir. How are you liking it so far? Because you're relatively new. Yeah, uh, loving it. I uh, am new to the industry. Was not a you know card uh, guy growing up. Uh, always found it you know interesting the card stuff, the mem stuff, but never dove in. So uh, a learning curve, but um, absolutely fantastic company, fantastic energy, great product. So you're not kidding, my friend. So Tom, um, just before we were getting ready to record, uh, some pretty major sports news dropped, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mike came running in from the back and said Lillard got traded, and we all kind of went nuts, jumped on the internet trying to find out the details. So, yeah, exciting. That's right, and uh, exciting for everybody but Heat fans because everybody just had him earmarked for Miami. He didn't go to Miami. Um, he ended up getting traded to the Milwaukee Bucks to go play with Giannis, uh, jo- join up and make uh, you know the best form of super team they can get in Milwaukee at this point, right? Yeah, they, they have a big three now. Uh, I, I think Middleton doesn't get em- enough play there. but uh, a big two and a half. Middleton's the real deal. Eh? <laughs> he he is a, a scorer. He's another guy that, you know, a lot of times in game situations, they'd actually go to Middleton and not Giannis. So uh, don't sell him short. Okay, fine. I won't sell him short. Um, but it was a three-team trade. Uh, Phoenix got involved with the Bucks. Uh, the Blazers end up getting Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, which is pretty cool. Um, some person named Tumani Kamara that I don't know. Maybe you do. Uh, they got a 2029 first round pick and uh, from the Bucks and two pick swaps. I believe probably in 2028 and 2030. I, that's so far down the road. I know it's a great it's, <laughs> basketball trades make absolutely zero sense, but good for them. Yeah. Right? good for them. Uh, and then the Suns they receive uh, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Grayson Allen. Woohoo! Nah, he's a bum. Uh, Keon Johnson and Nasir Little. Uh, not bad for the Suns. Uh, they kind of move on from Aiden, who was making a bunch of money, but they already have a big three. So Aiden was kind of like the fourth. And uh, I guess like he's the piece that they kind of would have to move to do anything here, right? Yeah, I'm a big Aiden fan, but he kind of not – he didn't really fit in with that team. Uh, we saw it a lot with the playoffs near the end of the year. Um, just not really the guy when they needed him to be uh, the big guy there down low, and he, he never really performed in the playoffs. Moving on from him. Uh, for them, big thing is they didn't have the depth. They had all the stars and didn't have depth. Yep. Uh, added a couple of nice pieces there. Nurkic, if he can stay healthy, is really good. Mm-hmm. Grayson Allen is a good, great scorer off the bench. Little has shown flashes at time, can be a really good player. Um, and it, it, I think it helps them and kind of even out that team. So I, I, I think it's a good move for the Suns. I agree, especially since, you know, the Suns got Bradley Beal now too, to go with KD and uh, Devin Booker. So they're going to be great. I mean, they're not going to, like, losing Aiden doesn't exactly hurt them. So, I see why they, like you said, getting the depth was huge for them. They still have to play defense. Yeah, that's what I hear, but, I mean, they just outscore everybody. Aren't they okay? Yeah, that's that's their plan. (laughs) Apparently so. Um, The Blazers, obviously, they're getting, 
like we said, Aiton, a young player to put with Scoot Henderson, who they just drafted, uh, which is the whole reason that Lillard wanted out in the first place. Uh, so the Blazers will be fine, but obviously they're rebuilding, so whatever. But the Bucks, I mean, like I said, Dame going going to uh, the East, going to um, Milwaukee with Giannis, they become instant favorites in the East. So I I think they are the favorites now. Obviously, if you went to Miami, Miami would have probably been the favorite. As of last night, they're talking about going to Toronto, which would have been really crazy. Yeah. Uh, they obviously did that with Kawhi, won a championship, so it worked for them before. But him with Milwaukee, him and Giannis as a one-two with Middleton there is is scary. Uh, I will be a little bit curious to see who is ball dominant near the end of the game because Giannis likes the ball in his hand and so does Lillard. But one-two trying to stop those guys will be very difficult. Yeah, I think it'll be Lillard. Just He's always had that clutch gene. I mean, yeah, he obviously has no range. So in a clutch situation, as good as... Giannis has been and and is uh, I, I would I would want the ball in Dame's hand. So as always, the question is for our hip rate card show. What does this do for card values? I mean, obviously, most of these names are going to still kind of be where they're at. Um, I guess Lillard. What happens with him going to Milwaukee from Portland? I I'm really curious for that because obviously we've talked before. Um, players when they change teams, a lot of times their values go down because it's in a different uniform. So Bucks fans might not want a Dame auto in a Blazers uniform. So it could be interesting because Dame already had value. People love him across the industry, but now he gets a real contender. So I think his stuff will go up a little bit. Uh, I think it actually bumps up Giannis a lot. Yeah. I think now Giannis, who obviously had a ton of value, but he goes from, Hey, I think they can win to, Hey, they probably should win. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that it helps Giannis a lot. Um, Aiton probably doesn't do it too much to his value. His, he's kind of middling mm-hmm. there anyways. Um, and then, you know, Drew Holiday doesn't get enough love, but he's a really good player. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved again. Uh, he's a little bit older than probably the core that they're trying to get there. Uh, he might be a guy that gets traded at the deadline to a team that has a chance to kind of make a run. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, yeah, like I said, the only other name that maybe their value could skyrocket potentially would be Aiton, obviously, because now that he's out of, I don't want to call it the shadow of the Suns, but uh, <laughs> when you look that's at what that, you did there. Right, yeah, I didn't mean it, but that's the way it was, it was happening. But now that he's not behind, like you said, KD, Beal, Booker, uh, if he goes you know, Portland and flourishes and becomes kind of what everybody thought he'd be when he came out of Arizona, I mean, theoretically, his price could, you know, his value could go up a bit. But, yeah. Absolutely, but not just right now, straight from a trade. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bank on it personally with Aiden. He's he's a good, nice piece, but he's he's a poor man's Anthony Davis to me. He's, he's never asserts himself properly. Like he always is that could be player, and then so I just I don't see him doing that well as more of the alpha, more of the you know number one option on any team. But we'll see. Okay, I like that. That's yeah, AD does have a decent amount of value. I mean, a poor man's AD is still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, another name we didn't talk about who you mentioned is Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, this opens up the path for him to be the guy there in Portland. Um, like I said before in, on previous podcast, I think outside of Wimbayana, he's the guy you're chasing this year uh, as, as your number two rookie. So I love it for him. Love it for the, him for the opportunity to possibly rookie of the year this year, um, you know, being the guy. In a situation like this, uh, Tom, for, you know, you've been in the car industry a lot longer than than I have, where you have a scenario where, all right, you, the new rookie guy was drafted that everybody kind of likes, but you know the star vet is in front of him. Even though Lillard had said back in July, "Hey, I want to get traded," and it just seems like that's going to happen. Does Scoot's value go up 
because Lillard says he's going to get traded and everybody thinks it will? Or is it going to go up now because he actually was traded? So it's curious because there's not a lot of products out there with Scoot Henderson. True. So it's not something where a lot of people have his cards uh, that can be sitting on them right now or be kind of collecting them. So I would say in most cases, the value goes up a little bit before he gets traded. The savvy people are buying him then, mm. um, knowing that as soon as this news comes out, they know there's going to be an immediate spike, and that's when they they sell him real quick. Uh, so if you're trying to buy him now, you're probably buying the spike. But because there's not a lot of stuff out there for him, it, it does make it a little bit cloudy. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah, so that pretty much uh, covers this. I think we could nailed every every aspect of it so we're going to move on because again the nfl exists which means sports are at their absolute best um it's just it's just the way it is especially with you know in three weeks we're going to have the nba back we're going to have the nhl back right now it's all about football and anybody's been paying attention to any form of social media including my shirt um (laughs) there's a reason why i wore it today Uh, obviously, the biggest news in sports was Taylor Swift going to the Kansas City Chiefs game to support Travis Kelsey. And uh, whatever's going on with them, good for them. But we'll try and keep him on cards. Kelsey went out and had a good game. Arguably one of he's, – he's definitely one of the greatest tight ends in history. Arguably the best. I mean, maybe some people go with Gronk. You know, whatever. That's up for debate. But my point is Kelsey's seen his jersey sales rise. He's seen his – Instagram followers rise. Um, his demographic for females from 18 to 49 went up 63% overnight, all because Taylor Swift was high-fiving and chest-bumping his mom after he scored a touchdown. Uh, I guess the question is, do you see Travis Kelsey's card value taking a bump from this? Absolutely. Go on. The more people that are talking about someone in a good way, the, the better their value is, the more people that are going to do it. And I, I know people are like, what, your average 20-year-old girl is not going to go buy a Travis Kelsey card. You, you're probably right. But you know what? Who might buy it? Her boyfriend who likes cards and says, you know what? I'm going to give her this Travis Kelsey card because sure. I like cards. She might like it because of Travis Kelsey. So though you might not get a, a huge new group of people buying sports cards now, you are going to have that bump because of it. Um, it is. It it's, was everywhere, you know. Patrick Mahomes getting asked the question after his after the game, like it's just it's everywhere now. Right. Even Bill Belichick was like, "Wow, this is the best catch he's ever had." <laughs> Which, shout out Bill Belichick for being hilarious, by the way. <laughs> Everybody always said he's like secretly funny, and you know it's just been popping up more that he's older and doesn't have Tom, and winning isn't a priority apparently anymore. If you're doing the Patriots, listen. The, the same was said about Tom. All of a sudden, you, you got out of New England, you saw him getting drunk on a Tom boat. Was awesome. Like all of a sudden, it was yeah. like. I, I hate this guy so much, but maybe I don't hate him quite as much. No, I don't hate Tom Brady at all. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Joe. Go on, Garrett. Can you name a more rabid fan base than Taylor or Swifties or whatever they're called? No, not really. Um, it's I, not, I called them Swifters once. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is what you do to clean dust off your floors. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, no, not really. Um, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. When I, went, I went to the concert in Cincinnati and mobs of people, enough people that – if you didn't have a ticket, they still came to sit outside the concert and like yeah. listen to it. And because of that, they set up merch stands outside the concert. She's like the it's modern like, day Michael Jackson. It's insanity. It's it's more than that. Like it's one of those things that you have to experience to be at. It's it's the craziest thing. If Michael Jackson had social media, there wasn't that. Yeah, yeah well, that's true too, right? <laughs> so, well, if Michael Jackson had social media, he might have gotten canceled too. Let's not true. So there's a whole other different. Thing yeah, there. I I still I really hope I hope this is just them 
doing the biggest troll to everybody where it's just he made the thing. She'd be like, you know, it'd be funny if I show up to their game and this is all one big ruse. I don't think that's the case, but I, in back of my mind, I think it'd be the greatest thing. Well, don't forget, though, she did finish up her mat, like the first part of her massive concert tour that she had. But she is releasing an album in October because she's been re-redoing all her songs and stuff. So why not, as we're getting closer to that, have her show up in an NFL game and all of a sudden, because what, what demographic doesn't she have realistically? Old men for football dudes. Yeah. Football dudes. It's like, that's it. Now, when she's there and it's like a thing and she's on sports center and like everything football dudes watch, they're watching it. Now all of a sudden, like people's dads are asking why this matters. Who's Taylor Swift? Exactly. Like why does, who is Taylor Swift anyway? But anyway, um, it's crazy to think like that's the conversation that we're having just from this. I don't understand. It's amazing. Sports are great. As a Bills fan, I am hoping they work out because distractions are a real thing and there's no bigger distraction than Swifties. (laughs) So if I'm owning Travis Kelsey on fantasy, I'm selling him. Like it's got to at some point affect. Imagine if he like screws up and cheats on her. Like the chief facility would be overrun. I'm just saying it's, you can't bring this level of media attention to a team and have it not affect them. I'm very happy about this. She just made like half a billion dollars. I don't think you you don't cheat on that anymore, right? All right, like, all right. Speak. <laughs> no, all right. It's just a cool. I don't say. What if he screws it up? All right, all right. Record, you're the one that put this on the list to talk about. All right. so I don't feel okay. Bad. But speaking <laughs> speaking of that game, no. Speaking of getting canceled from earlier, uh, the Bears and Justin Fields are terrible. That's pretty much what we're learning here. Um, I don't know what it is because at this point, you know, some people are pointing at. Justin Fields, where earlier in the week he was saying, oh, it's coaching. And then he went back and said, well, that's not what I meant, blah, blah, blah. That's never a good sign. Um, if you look, look at the tape, his the Bears receivers aren't running the right route. Like, just the whole team just is cursed. I'd use that word. They're just – it's terrible. And Fields isn't looking very good. And the couple times he does look good, like that pass to G.G. Moore on the sideline was perfect. And D.G. Moore drops it. Like, that's what he's there for, to catch it. Uh, the Bears are in trouble. Uh, they might be the worst team in the league. Uh, we'll talk about the Broncos in a minute. But my goodness, um, God, Tom, you got to be worried if you're holding on to Justin Field stuff now, right? You have to be worried. Um, but the key word there is hold. Uh, I am not selling Fields right now. He's going to have the whole year. He's going to have good games. Um, he's going to have a little bit of a bounce back from where he is right now. I am not selling Justin Fields right now if, I, if I'm if i owning him. Um, but – that coaching staff, Eberflus is now three and seventeen as a head coach. The defensive coordinator just left the team because they're getting raided by the FBI. No, it was personal reasons. Sure, okay. I guess they're personal reasons. Yes, um, that team is just a mess. Um, you know, we have a bunch of guys in Chicago that we deal with that we're all like, yeah, you know, the, the Bears. I think they could they could make the this playoffs the this year. This they could. And uh, talking to them this week, they are just absolutely down in the dumps. And I feel for them because as a Bills fan, we've lived that. But they just, you know, maybe the Broncos is the the thing they need this week to to kind of get things going. But please, coaching staff, use Fields as a runner. Use Fields on rollouts. Use his ability to move in the pocket to create plays instead of trying to make him a pocket quarterback where he stands there and does nothing. Please, I'm begging you. Let him use his athleticism, or he will be out of the league, and it'll be your fault. Well, it's already their fault, obviously, because they're not using their quarterback the right way. Um, maybe he's not. Maybe he isn't great. Maybe he's not good. But he, I don't think he's getting any help here. You know, 
I know they said, oh, he's good on his legs. He needs help with his accuracy and helps with this. But like, those are the same things people said about Josh Allen. Now, I understand that Josh is, you know, a foot taller and a, a different animal, literally. But if you're not playing to your quarterback strains, like you're trying to say here, you're not doing your team any favors. Like, the Bears must have felt like they were on the right track because they spent all that money in free agency. Like, all of a sudden, they're going to make the jump. I mean, they felt like their division was there for the taking. And instead, they look like they spent way too much money. Now, for the next three years, they're going to be talking about terrible contracts they doled out. If they finish worst overall, they have to take Caleb Williams. You just have to. Caleb Williams is better right now than than Justin Fields. So what do you do with Justin Fields? Because he's not going to be out of the league. They're probably going to trade him. Where would be the best landing spot for him? I know I just broke your brain with that one because you weren't expecting it. So I, I will say... He has shown to be a good player. Last year, right. he was a, he was a very good player in the league. Um, obviously, the, the accuracy issues is a thing. Uh, you know, the problem is a lot of the great spots for him where you get him with a really good coach is already filled up with a good quarterback. Um, I mean, if you're looking for a backup, you know, if I'm the Ravens, I am banging down the door to get Justin Fields to be the backup to Lamar because the skill set is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not a ton of places that need a quarterback right now. So I don't know. I don't know if he lands on his feet and starts somewhere Atlanta next year. Atlanta would be interesting for me. <clears throat> Atlanta's one of the ones that I was going to say. Offensive coach. Atlanta. Do you feel like he could go to the Rams with Matthew Stafford, who is pretty old. He's on his way out. He can go to the Rams, learn under Stafford for a year, and then get his shit together with McVay and be okay there? Possibly, but McVay's offense is so timing that I, I don't think he necessarily fits what McVay looks for in a quarterback. I agree. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, then, with that, what if he goes to Washington? Sam Howell didn't look like the answer this week, but obviously that's the worst he's ever going to play in the rain, and the Bills' defense is really good. But maybe Howell isn't the guy. Maybe they go to Washington and he plays with Biennemi, who learned a whole lot of tricks about with Patrick Mahomes, who, again, Fields cannot become Patrick Mahomes. I just don't even think that's possible. But potentially they could turn him into something. I think Sam Howell's better than Fields right now. Right now, maybe. Um, I I think an interesting one, and it's going to go against everything I've said for the whole draft season, is if Tennessee (laughs) doesn't, if if they don't think Will Levis is the guy, because, you know, chances are if he's still behind Malik Willis, he might not be the guy. Tannehill has shown he's definitely not the guy. Um, So, uh, you know, Willis or uh, Levis are going to play this year. Maybe maybe that's a spot, and you have him run there. but it's it's tough. I would like to see him go somewhere with some weapons, though. Like, I mean, Traylon Burks is great. Still a question mark. He's going to be pretty but, good, but yeah, but like uh, weapons. I, I he's DeAndre like... Hopkins still really good. Um, Tajay Spears looks pretty great, and Derrick Henry, even though he's not getting run like he's hurt, I don't want to get into it. But I was saying, did you see the usage that Spears has had more? Right. So I'm concerned. Snaps in the first game and the third game. I feel like Derrick Henry got hurt right? or something, and we just don't know about it. But. Tennessee still has some weapons. Plus, they have a pretty pretty good line, right? We all know that Vrabel likes smash mouth football. You just said they should be using a team that, or he should be on a team that uses his feet. Well, if he starts running too in Tennessee, now that just gives him a whole other dynamic. So, and if he has to throw, he has DeAndre Hopkins to bail him out. Maybe you're onto something with that one. Yeah, I I personally think that Ravens have him back up a year there. And maybe he does the Mitch Trubisky, which didn't work out for Mitch, but go back up somewhere with a good organization and then try somewhere new. Yeah, not a bad plan. 
But it'll be interesting to watch, especially if you see the Bears are at Owen. Like, if they lose to the Broncos this week, who were just embarrassed. And again, we'll get into it. But they were just embarrassed this week. If the Bears can't score points against them in the who's going to win this game bowl, maybe they got to start thinking about something. Maybe they got to wait for Fields to put up, like, they should use his legs just so he looks good and they can trade him. And they just say, you know what? We're going to suck. We're going for Caleb or Drake May and just go with it from there. But the problem is that the coaching staff has to know that if that's the case, they're not going to be there for Williams or Williams Absolutely or not. May. So they're going to, they should be doing the best to win with what they have, but apparently they're just not good at it. Speaking of things people aren't good at, the Vikings are not good at winning football games. This is the exact opposite of last exactly. year. Exactly. It's crazy. Well, the last year though, they were 11 and 0 in one score games. And the yeah. year before that, they were like two and eight or something in one score games. So it seems like the mean keeps correcting itself with the Vikings, and they're like right there, you know, all each year being a great team to just top 10 pick. The Vikings are arguably, to me, the best 0 3 team of all time. <laughs> of all time. I, I mean, I, that's I, saying I, something, but I, I don't have, you know, you have it, it, I have no exactly here to say otherwise. Well, so what you're saying is that I'm right, and that's fine. But like, <laughs> literally, we've just watched, like, Kirk Cousins leads the league in passing. Justin Jefferson's great. Addison nailed that pick. TJ Hawkinson is arguably. Other than Kelsey, the best tight end in the league right now. Yeah. He looks amazing. Um, I don't know how they're 0-3 at this point. They can't hold on to the football. Oh, Turnovers, that's what baby. it is. That's Turnovers. exactly what Ju- it is. Justin Jefferson fumbling the ball out of the end zone in the Week 2 game against the Eagles. Cost him against the Eagles, yep. Madison, I think, has fumbled five times, even though he only lost two. Two were called back for penalties. One they recovered, but has dropped the ball five times mm-hmm. in three games. Hawkinson had a bad fumble. I think he has two already this year. You, just, you, you can't turn the ball over against good teams. And they've had they've had a decently difficult schedule. They've played the Eagles. they played the Chargers, who I know are 1-2 and two and got their first win. But the Chargers are a good team. And, you know, I think the Bucs might win the NFC South. So they haven't had the easiest schedule. That's fair, too. But 0-3 tends to be a death knell, but not when you're in the division you're in. Luckily for yeah. them, Green Bay just pulled out an amazing uh, comeback, obviously against the Saints. Uh, they were down 17-0. Uh, Derek Carr got hurt, which is unfortunate. Sprained his AC joint, which is better than they thought it was going to be. You know, could have been a broken collarbone or something. So he had the Saints running pretty good uh, since he's been good. But uh, but back to Green Bay, loves look pretty good. Um, he's had He hasn't even had Christian Watson yet, so that's pretty cool. Um, he's just doing great for our card values. Not going to lie about that. That comeback was really great. I loved where they went to for two points to just go down six. They went with that touchdown. Now, granted, the Saints missed, what was it, a 46-yard field goal or something? Yep. And they probably should have won the game. But the point is, is that this is Jordan Love's first comeback at Lambeau, which is just a it's just a cool thing. It's like an iconic first start at Lambeau, right? Was it? Yeah, well, that was yes. the home opener, wasn't yeah. it? No shit, that's awesome. Great for them. Uh, I, no. I read somewhere where uh, Brett Favre's first win, they were down like a similar thing where they're down like 17, came back in a fourth quarter, came back and won the game. And there was a lot of parallels between Brett Favre's first win and Jordan Love's first win in Lambeau. That's crazy, but I love it. You know, it just seems, it seems to be working. I mean, they're the only team left that gets a quarterback and makes them sit for three years, and then it ends up being okay for two decades. So maybe they're on to something. <laughs> I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I find that interesting. He was such a raw quarterback coming out. And then, you know, you let him sit, and it's just not feasible these days with first-round contracts to let these quarterbacks sit. 
And you saw it with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's a different game nowadays. But, like, man, I would if I was a coach, I would love to let my raw rookie quarterback sit for an entire year. It's just not allowed these days almost. So he got that benefit. And, he, you know, who knows how high his ceiling is, but he looks pretty comfortable and, you know, polished at times. And that's because he got to sit. You're right. Because a lot of the big reason for that is obviously the teams that draft these quarterbacks nowadays are your – Arizona <laughs> looking for, you know, Caleb Williams this year or Houston just took CJ Stroud or Indy who has nobody. So they look for Richardson. Those guys need to show up and be the guy right away. Right away. Green Bay did the thing that you're not going to see anymore where somebody's going to draft their guy middle, late first round and just sit him because they have their guy. You know, everybody gave them a ton of crap. Yes, they should have gotten Rodgers. Oh, a stud wide receiver. That's the only thing he's been asking for. But in a way, they kind of did it right. They're like, all right. Aaron only has a couple years left. They knew that they were probably going to get rid of him, even if he didn't go crazy. But all they did was build up their defense, which is still pretty good. And they got love to sit there and learn from Aaron for what, three years. And say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to sit there and not teach the kid how to play football. Cause like what happens if he gets hurt and he has to go in for him, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff about that. So they have a good defense. They have the weapons around love now and everybody's pretty cheap. Cause they're all young. So, Shout out to Green Bay. Yeah, I got two points on that. The first is we always said Aaron Rodgers needed young receivers, and now you look at the top three receivers in Green Bay, Dobbs, Watson, and Reed are all first- and second-year guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have the young talent now as wide receiver. What year did they draft – or what round was Luke Musgrave in? Was he a second-rounder? Um, I think so. Second. Yeah, second. Oh. And then they took Tucker Craft in the third. I yeah. think Luke Musgrave was <clears throat> second round. So they actually spent on weapons the last couple of years. Uh but to your point about um, having rookie quarterbacks, you know, first-round pick quarterbacks sit, the big reason that they don't uh, is really that the contract. To be a competitive NFL team, and, that, you know, if you look at the last Super Bowl champions, one of two things you have. You have a absolute stud top-five quarterback, or you have a quarterback on a rookie deal and everybody else is a stud. Yep. So if you waste four years or three years of a rookie's contract and you don't have the rest of it there, then you are basically putting yourself up against the eight ball because you are wasting time to have with these young guys. So you need that rookie deal. You need that time um, while them, while they're playing before you, you do have to pay them the big bucks. Yeah. And a lot of GMs and coaches aren't necessarily making decisions for the, you know, three, four years down the line. It's, I want to keep my job going into next year. So that, that has a lot to do with it too. Sometimes in that decision-making, and uh, to defend the Jordan Love draft pick, you know, Packers fans freaking out about not getting a receiver. Going back to that, like Aaron Rodgers was always flaky and a little mercurial. Oh, a little yeah, late, you're right. That's right. You know, so it's like they're drafting a first round and everyone freaked out. It's like they weren't sure even going back then that Rodgers was going to be there year to year. So Not bad. Either way, I still think the NFC Central is going to be a lot of fun this year, except for the Bears. Sorry, Bears are going to be terrible. But I still think the Vikings can – Still make a run. Green Bay is going to be there in Detroit. We didn't even talk talk about them, but they're Campbell's got them rolling. Yeah, I kept no. I just want to see what's going to happen there. Um, so this week, shocking stuff happened here. All the teams that you would expect to be vying for, you know, a top five pick: the Cardinals, the Texans, the Colts. All of them won this week. Um, the most shocking, of course, and the team that definitely ruined most of your suicide pools out there, the Arizona Cardinals upset the Dallas Cowboys, who looked damn near unbeatable for two weeks. And then everybody remembered 
they are who we thought they were. Uh, to use Dennis Green here for the Cardinals. Uh, Dallas always does this where they look amazing and then they just fall on their face. I don't really have an explanation for this one. Um, what did you, Josh Dobbs, is his value higher than $3 now? Um, maybe five. But, wow. But I, the big thing is you saw a Cardinals team that came up with some creative plays, uh, did some, some things different to, to catch the Cowboys uh, a little bit off. And, you know, you, people say it, oh, the professionals, they don't overlook games. You're telling me the Cowboys, as good as they looked, were like, oh, we got the Cardinals this week. We'll be fine. 100%. That's exactly yeah. what they look like. Like, it happens to every team. It happens all the time. Um, you know, I, I do have a little bit of concern. The people who are like, can Dak be that guy? I This gives them a lot of credence because Dak didn't look great and obviously threw that bad pick to end of the game. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's one week. I'm not um, – discounting them from being one of probably the third best team in the NFC still. Right. Uh, so they're, they're right there. And even I, I think the Ravens, you know, they had a ton of injuries. I still think they're a lock for the playoffs. Oh yeah. So I'm not really ready to overact for one game, but it, it's great for, for those fan bases. It's great for, and I, I know I was a guy that didn't say this CJ Stroud. Yeah. Way to go. Um, keep, keep playing, man. We, we need you to be that guy. Cause uh, I don't know if Bryce is going to be that guy. No, maybe not. So one more thing on the Cardinals. Um, first off, do you think this has any, like, is it because Trayvon Diggs bought his knee right before the game, essentially? No. Exactly. I didn't think so. I think this game shows almost nothing. I think, like Tom said, it's a trap game, and the Cardinals will still be crappy all year. The Cowboys will still win 12 games, and Dak will look really good at times, and then they'll pull the Cowboys in the playoffs, and we'll be laughing at them. Because to me, in the NFC, it's clearly – I think most would agree. The Eagles and the Niners and the Cowboys, even going into this week, I thought were on a different tier. They're not. They're not the Cowboys or 49ers, and they showed it. Right. And one more thing about the Cardinals. Um, shout out to them for their win. They looked pretty impressive. Marquise Brown looked well too. James Conner always runs hard. Here's the thing: they can play as hard as they want, and you know, because people are still playing for their jobs and stuff. But I just want to like the schedule. The schedulers did them no favors. Here's the Cardinal schedule the next few weeks. The 49ers, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Rams, who have looked pretty good, the Seahawks have looked pretty good, the Ravens, the Browns, <laughs> the Falcons, like even the Texans and CJ Stroud. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. It's gonna be hard for them anyway. So they can play their hearts out, but they're still kind of be they're gonna be favorites first overall. The person who probably is the happiest for that win is not any Cardinals fan, but Kyler Murray hoping to hold on to his job and not have Caleb Williams take it next year. He's going to anyway. I mean, they can't possibly get that. Well, I mean, again, the Bears. The Bears yeah, you're right. The, there's the Broncos. The Bears. Yeah, I find interesting, that. too, that Stroud's playing so well in Houston because when they made that trade for Will Anderson, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, most people are like, oh, the Cardinals could have the top two picks, and now Stroud's looking good. So, yes, you know, if they have the second and fifth overall pick, they could easily pick The Cardinals do play the Texans and the Bears. This year, so those guys are all like going to be like, we should really try to lose this game bowl. I wouldn't bet on those games ever. Um, yeah. Moving on, like you said, the Colts pulled an upset over the Ravens. Uh, Gardner Minshew is playing because Anthony Richardson, unfortunately, was still banged up. Uh, hopefully, he comes back sooner than later. Um, a little of a messed up game there. You thought Lamar would be looking a little bit better, but the Ravens just seemed to smidge off, and they might have gotten boned a little bit with that uh, Zay Flowers kind of being held before the ball even got to him play. So that kind of sucked. But and Justin Tucker missing a kick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Justin Tucker. Yeah, exactly. The most automatic person in the world finally missed a 60 yard winning field goal who like, 
oh no like it just <laughs> and it was just short it was dead on like, he's so good right down the middle um houston like i said they beat jacksonville who looks all out of sorts but division games weird stuff happens you had a fullback returning a kick just bananas 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 speaking of bananas the miami dolphins put up 70 points in an nfl football game i think that means they scored once every like six minutes of time they scored a touchdown something like that which is insanity to think about like literally just i know the broncos look bad they also didn't do themselves any favors like they had a fumble basically on their own three yard line after miami touchdown was gave them a quick turn you know turnaround but what is it more of the dolphins are that good or the broncos defense is just that unprepared for miami uh i'm gonna say a bit of both. No, I'm not letting you do Just that. like life, the truth is always in the middle. So, right so I listen, they, the Broncos were a little bit banged up. I don't think that they were prepared at all to, to face that speed. But they're playing in Miami. It's 178 degrees on the visitor's sideline. You get down early like that, that, the will to win, the will to make that play gets sucked right out of you. Like, I – like. I don't think I've ever seen a team actually quit on a game before until then. Like, they just quit. Mm-hmm. When do you think they quit? I think probably halfway through the second quarter. Mm, I won't say that because they actually, like, did a few drives and scored more points. But after that, yeah, it was kind of <laughs> kind of a wrap. I would say Sean Payton's got to have some pie in his face because I thought when his uh, comments about Hackett, um, I think a few weeks before the season about how – much of a mess the Denver organization was that he came in and how, you know, in disarray it was. It just wasn't a necessary comment, I guess. I mean, he's free to speak, you know, however he wants, but it felt like he was punching down a bit. And then you have a team not only 0-3, but quit on you like that. Like, that's yeah, that's, never that's the best. not an indictment of Sean Payton, but, like, man, like how they come out this week against the Bears is going to be, like, they have to murder the, the Bears. The story, yeah. They, yeah. Are, are they quitting on Peyton or are they quitting on Russ? No, I think it's – I don't think they're quitting on either. I think a lot of it is just that the last couple of years they've had players who aren't up to par. You know, they haven't been great. And and you could say that that's Russ too, but Russ hasn't played too bad. Like, he's not nearly as bad as he was last year and give them more time, but it doesn't help that, you know, some of the players from – if Peyton's coming in here and saying the Hackett system was kind of like, eh, Peyton doesn't have all his players in yet. He didn't get to make like yeah, true. They, they, usually when a new coach comes in, it takes like a year or two to like filter out players, get new players in, et cetera. I'm not saying Russell Wilson's great. I'm saying he's doing better than last year when it looked like he was done. And he's still like, he's still making like scrambles like he used to, et cetera, et cetera. But again, like you said too, um, when you're just getting toasted in the heat, you kind of just like, like whatever, you know, but uh, the dolphins, I'm going to talk to you. Obviously, Tua's value is through the roof. That it, that goes without saying. He's MVP favorite. He's just looking every bit as good as he ever has. Um, Tyreek Hill's value has to still be on the up, even though it goes slow. I mean, like you said, because of the different jerseys and all other stuff. But um, I'll give you two other things. Do you th- tell me the value for Mustard, who just has looked nothing short of tremendous. Looks like the best running back in the league through the first few weeks. or Devon A. Chain, A. Kane, however he's saying his name now, that might be the guy people want to buy. Yeah, I, you know, Mostert's a 31-year-old running back, so I don't think people are out there running to buy him because even if they win the Super Bowl this year and he's Super Bowl MVP, um, 
He's a 31 year old. He's 31 year old running back. A Chan, I think that's how he's saying it now. Sure. That's the guy that people are probably out there trying to get. People talked about him before the season as possibly a sleeper. Um, and first game out there, obviously looked great. So he's, yeah, I, I, I would not be opposed to someone saying you should be uh, investing heavily in him right now. Yeah, for a third round pick, he had a bunch of hype. I think he was third rounder, right? Yeah, his he, his big thing is that he's, he's small, so they didn't know if he could be an every down back. But he can absolutely fly. If you have skill, Mike McDaniel is going to find a way to use you. Like well, that was just it. I mean, all the reports in training camp. I remember because you know we're in a million dynasty leagues, so we read up on these rookies all the time. The way they were using him was exactly well, what they were doing: quick pitches and just let him get into space and fly. More, more so receiving any, and you know, just throw him a screen and let him just run really, really, really fast and. Well, I mean, that worked for him in college, too, so yeah. <laughs> can't really complain about it. But, yeah, are there any other Dolphins that you can see their values just soaring at this point, or is it just – I mean, I mean, he didn't, I mean, he didn't play last week, but Jalen Waddle will get brought up, you know, with the rising tide of that whole team. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy. But it's it's all aboard the Tua train right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So we have three unbeatens left, um, the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Dolphins. Uh, of the two, of the three, I'm sorry, the Eagles have looked even like the weakest, arguably, yeah. which is weird. When you, you know, they just went to the Super Bowl. Maybe there's a, a bit of a hangover there. Maybe they've just had to play on that weird Thursday night game, you know, against Minnesota. They played New England in the pouring rain or whatever week one. And then last week, who did they play? Oh, my God. I can't they beat remember. the Bucs on yeah, Monday Yeah, they beat night. the Buccaneers. On, yeah, Monday night. So they've been all over the place. Um, I'm sure they're better than they look. DeAndre Swift looks amazing. Yeah, so does Jalen Carter. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. Everybody who passed on them is going to be like, maybe we should just, you know, not worried about <laughs> what else was happening. Just remember what he did on the field. But I understand it. You know, you're when you're drafting a player who's going to be the focus of it, you know, in the first round, maybe you just don't want to take the guy with those red flags. So whatever. Um, so the Eagles get better on their defensive line. Like they needed that. Uh, yeah. What's the value of Swift before we get into anything else? Like, how do you see him going? Do you think this is going to continue? Is this what people were expecting from him when he was in Detroit? Yeah, this is he's getting back to kind of where he was in Detroit, his value right now. Um, there were people picking him up beforehand because in the offseason, because they said, hey, if he's on the Eagles, he's the number one guy. They do really well. His value is going to go up. So people were picking him up at the National. Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of what they were hoping for. Week one, Kenneth Gainwell was the leading rusher, and it was kind of like one attempt for DeAndre. It was like, ah, what's going on there? And then all of a sudden, he gets hurt, and they just let him let him go, and he's looked amazing. Uh, Jumped over, um, I'm not sure what back, what defensive back it was. Jumped over him in the middle of the field for an extra like 15 yards. Like he's just looked really good. Yeah, for sure. Until he gets hurt, he fits that scheme really well. He's more of a downhill uh, runner than Gainwell and. With that line, I mean, it's it's hard not to produce. And then they have the weapons on the outside, so you're not getting in the box much at all. Like, he's going to have a, a great butt. Fantasy-wise, which bothers me, having him on my team, that goal line thing is a real big deal. Like, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> the, like, old butt, the old butt push, yeah? yeah? Yeah, rugby. So, of the three last unbeatens, who ends up with the better record at the end of the season? I'm going Niners. I think they're the most complete team in football right now. Uh, Brock Purdy has looked like the great – point guard that they want there, just kind of distributing the ball to the people he needs to. That defense is really, really good. And I just look at their schedule. I don't think the NFC West is that difficult. Um, so I think they probably end up with 14 wins this year, maybe 15. Okay. What about you? 
Uh, I feel like if uh, I'm a big Kyle Shanahan guy, uh, I think if the Bills had him, we'd uh, win at least two Super Bowls in the next four years. But <laughs> that being said, I will say the Eagles. Um, I'm, I just think with their weapons on the outside, Jalen Hurts being a little bit more dynamic than Brock Purdy. And I think it's about a wash on defense. But again, with Jalen Carter, it's crazy to say just a rookie like that can make that much of an impact. But um, I think all in all, in totality, Eagles are a little bit better. I But I could see the 49ers having a better regular season record. That's sure. how I feel, too. I feel like the Niners will mainly because they have the easiest division to play. I mean, they have the Cardinals twice, which, yeah, they beat Dallas, but whatever. Um, and then, of course, obviously Seattle, not bad, but not great right now. And then uh, what was the other? Oh, the Rams, which I don't I still don't know what to think of the Rams. Go Puka. That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when the Eagles get to play the Giants, who maybe they're a mess, but Dallas and Washington, that's a lot harder slate. And, of course, the Dolphins have to deal with um, the, the Patriots there to beat the Bills, which this week is going to be insane. We'll talk about it in a second. And then even the Jets are going to always play them tough, even if they only have sack. But uh, here's my last thing for you on these three teams. Uh, buy, keep, sell. Purdy hurts Tua. I am so yeah. So I'm a, I, so I, I'm a little risk averse. I you know compared to a lot of people. So because of that, I'm gonna sell Tua. Um, if you are a gambling man and you are willing to put it out there, Tua is the buy because he has still the biggest room to grow. So if you are a buying guy, gambling guy, Tua is your buy. For me, he's a sell. Um, I'm gonna hold Jalen Hurts. I'm gonna buy Purdy right now. Okay, holding Jalen Hurts. It's the uh... It's the way that oh, fuck, Rob Coots does it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rob, Rob is uh, still holding them. <laughs> I wanted to call him a funny name, but I couldn't think of one, so Rob Coots it is. <laughs> All right, so that's pretty neat. Um, like we said, the last thing you got, as I just alluded to, the Bills and the Dolphins are playing. Um, this is arguably the biggest game of the year so far. The Dolphins just put up 70. The Bills' defense looked tremendous. What, did they get five interceptions? Four? I can't remember. Nine sacks. Yeah, four, four nine. interceptions, five turnovers, nine sacks. Bananas. Um, so here we are. We got two big games. Uh, obviously, we're Bills fans, so we get to be biased and talk about it. But uh, what do you see happening in this? Go ahead and make your prediction. So I, I don't see a team putting up 70, but I think there's going to be 70 points scored in this game. I think both offenses are going to put up points. Um, I think because the Bills are at home, I'm going to lean the Bills. I'm going to say 34-31 Bills, but I think both both teams are still really good. I think both teams are going to make big plays on both sides of the ball, and it'll be a super entertaining, you know, 12-round 12, 12 heavyweight fight. Okay. Yeah. I have 33-32 Bills, so we were spot on. Um, I was what the over, probably about 52-54-ish. It's 53 and a half. Yeah. So that's my advice of the week. Take all your assets, even if you got to go behind the wife's back. Don't overthink this. Sell everything. Bet the over. Don't don't overthink it. Just bet the over. Cool. She'll forgive you if they lose. So anyway, I'm going to say bet the under, and here's why. Um, oh. so, so hear me out. These two teams are going to be playing their asses off against each other. Um, they are semi-scheming for each other. Uh, historically, when a team puts up a lot of points, um, they tend to, I don't want to say lay an egg, but they don't do nearly as well the next week. Uh the Dolphins aren't putting up 70. They might. I, I think it's going to be like 28, 24. I think it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be just near the, just under. Um, these two defenses don't like each other. It would be even easier to say take the under if like Ramsey wasn't going to be here. Bill's kind of catch a break on that. But these teams are going to be very amped to play each other. The defenses are jacked. Um, 
the def- the Bills defense just played the best game that they'll ever play, and the, the Dolphins offense just played the best game they'll ever play. It's going to kind of even out in the middle. It's going to be the slugfest you said it is, but every time you assume it's going to be just guaranteed over, it ends up being just under. So I would love to see points explosions all over the place, and like you said, the 12-round heavyweight battle, but I kind of think it'll be just under. But I think either way, it's going to be exciting. Well, the way our D-line looked last week, I mean, we could be injuring two in the first quarter is a possibility no, as well. No, we can't, we, you can't do it. I'm not rooting for that, but I'm saying if you're uh, betting you the under. Uh, it's a one weekend. So football super cool. Uh, baseball, it's time to touch on some baseball things. The season is almost over. Um, like I said, some more teams have kind of clinched uh, since we last talked last week. Uh, we Yeah, pretty much same teams in it. Uh, well, Texas is kind of run away with the AL West now. They're, yeah, they're, they're up two, two and, and a half. half. Yeah, so the Astros and, and Mariners are kind of battling it out for the last spot, the last spot which is pretty neat. And uh, what happened on the – what's going on in the other and side? And all the same thing. Everyone's kind of oh, yeah, kind of bunched in there. Right. There's still four teams left, I want to say. Yeah. So good for them. I mean, since then, the Giants got booted. Yeah. The Padres are on the cusp of it, I think. like They're, they're pretty much out. Yeah, they're pretty much out. So the Reds need to basically win out to get in. Uh, the Cubs recently lost. The Brewers just won – their division correct so it'll be close uh, it'll be fun but we don't need to speculate again because whatever we say will be wrong but we're gonna talk about some milestones um why don't you t- why don't you take it from here bud all right so um yankee season has been one to forget yeah so that's um, been great right but garrett cole has been outstanding mm-hmm. um and though he is on one of the worst teams in baseball yeah, it's fine. Um, he sure. is on pace to win his first Cy Young, which would be great for him. Uh, he's come second, I think, twice. Uh, great pitcher for numerous years. And to see him finally get a Cy Young would be really cool. But that doesn't do anything for his card value, does it? It would bump it up a little bit. Just but not like. Because um, I think overall, when you're talking card value, um, Hall of Fame case does make a difference. And Cy Young you know, might be what t- puts him over the top to kind of lock him in as a, a Hall of Famer. Um, so that could be big for him long-term, maybe not short-term, but long-term value. Um, so it be great for him. I know I spoke on about last week, Bobby Witt. Yeah. Still one home run and two stolen bases crazy, away. right? Um, you know, first AL player to go 30-50 would be really cool. Um, listen, you Kansas City, you got nothing to play for. Let that guy just swing away, and when he's on the base, let him steal every try. You're right. What exactly? What else do they have to lose? Um, shout out to him for doing this on a team that I think right now is like 54 and 103. I think when I looked at it, <laughs> that's terrible for the for him. That's why he's not getting like as much pub as you'd want him to. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like if if they were 103 and 54, is his card value through the roof? Not only is card value through the roof, you know, I I'd like to say he'd be in the MVP conversation, and he probably would be because Otani got hurt with everything he did, but it would be a completely different story if they were running away with the NL Cent- or the AL Central. Fair enough. Okay, another one. Uh, you got Kyle Tucker. He's close to a 30-30 season. He's one away from each thing. Yeah, he, I think he gets forgot about in Houston. Everyone talks about sure. Jordan uh, as the young stud there, and then obviously they have Altuve and Bregman. But he's a really good player. Um, should be on the playoffs, like I said, if they can hold off the Mariners here. And I just don't think he's another guy that gets as much – publicity and, and props as he should. Fair enough. You know, somebody's not getting too much publicity, but maybe they should because about to break the rookie stolen base record. Yes, Mr. Asturi uh, Ruiz. So tell me about him. How close is he to the record? What what is it? What do you got here? So he plays for Oakland. So I think that immediately everyone just forgets about him. 
Right. Um, but they did have, you know, arguably the best stolen base guy in my lifetime. Ricky Henderson played there. Mm-hmm. So it'd be fitting for them to have the rookie stolen base record in there in Oakland. Uh, Kenny Lofton has it at 66. He has one away at 65 stolen bases. So he needs one more this last five games of the season. Uh, and he's almost to 70. Uh, we haven't seen a 70 stolen base guy since 2007 with Jose Reyes. Ah, okay. So that'd be really cool for him to kind of kind of get there and something for Oakland fans to cheer for uh, for one last time. What is the stolen base record overall? Do you know that offhand? It's like 130. That's insanity. There's no way that's going to happen again. Yeah, I think it, I think it's 130 from like the 1930s or something. Like it was way oh, back okay. when. Like, There's got to be a modern era record we should know about. But I was going to say, I thought it was sooner. That. Like, do you know what the most Rick Anderson ever stole? I do not. Ah, damn! I was hoping you had all this knowledge. I'm not going to look it up because nobody cares about me looking up information. So we'll we'll move on from there. Um, another one, the, the big one, a really big one, the first ever 40 home runs, 70 stolen base season. Cooney's already got 41 home runs. He just needs two stolen bases. Incredible. If you're the Braves, and you see that, you think it's amazing, but. You're already in the playoffs by a super comfortable margin. Is the last thing you want to do is having your star player try to swipe two more <laughs> bags and risk jamming his finger on a base or something. Oh, it's just all the stupid things that could happen in that scenario. Do you want that? Yeah, that's that's the really interesting. Like we said, Bobby Witt, let him go do whatever. Like he's they're not playing for anything, but the last thing you need when you are the best team in baseball is your best player and the best player this year to get himself hurt chasing a milestone. Um so I maybe maybe a team will let him stole do get some stolen bases like Brett Favre let Strahan get the sack record. Oh, I'm gonna do a naked boot. Oh, you got me. So maybe they just let him go steal two bases or something. But that'd be that would scare me. I don't think any team's gonna let him do it. <laughs> two stolen. Maybe if he gets to one more and they're like, ah, screw it. But that's not fun anyway. Because like, yeah. it's just cheap. Doesn't it just cheapen the record, Garrett? If yeah. somebody like lets you do it. No, like you said, I was saying that that I wouldn't want it if the team's he gonna slid. let me. That's so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it yeah. the most. It's so terrible. But if he's got sixty-eight already, the odds and two more, I would say if you're a coach, let him do it. More practice for the playoffs. Not that right. he needs it. He doesn't need it. I really hope he gets it because that's just so unique. Again, baseball's been around since the dawn of time. It feels like for so for somebody to be the first person to do something in it. That feels more rare than you know ever. So like, I really want him to get it just for that. Yeah, it, like I said. Obviously, his value is through the roof. Yeah, um, pretty much. And once again, they are probably the favorites to win it all this year. Mm-hmm. It'd just be another feather in his cap, another reason to, to collect for him. I love it. We got two more here, and then we're uh, we're going to get out of here. Um, first thing, most home runs in a season by the team. Uh, where are we at, Tom? So the Twins, all teams, the Twins, hold the record with 307 home runs in a year. How long ago was that? Uh, not that long ago. I don't know the year. Uh, I'll let you check that as, as I go that. But the Braves hit their 301st home run last year. So they're six off. Last year? That doesn't make sense. What is it last year? last year. Oh, yeah, this year. It's last night. Last <laughs> night, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. 300, 301st home run last night. Um, so they're six off from breaking the record of the Twins. You know, five games, I feel like they're going to do it. No kidding. Yeah, the Twins were at 307 in 2019. Uh that's so you know what's so crazy? I'm just like I'm just talking about the stat because this just tells you like where we're at with baseball. So in 2018, the Yankees set the season record for a team with 267. The next year, the Twins hit 307 and the Yankees hit 306. <laughs> they both murdered the record. And now yeah. you see the Braves are at 301 and they're close. Well, they got five games left or something like that. Yeah. Just about everybody's got that many left. So 
it's not impossible. Um, again, I mean, this they're averaging be- like two a game, so they, should, I, I, you know, by pace they should hit. The play on the Nats too, the Cubs and the Nats too. So, oh, they only have four games left to do it now. So it's it's plausible, but are they playing all their studs? I I don't know what they're doing. You know, so yeah. it's hard to say because like at this point, I'm thinking about the playoffs. I'm thinking about the health of everybody. Give them another day's rest or two. You know, stagger it so that it's not like hey, take four games off and then maybe they have a little bit of rust in the playoffs. But I wouldn't make them go full bore either. So I hope they do it. But if they don't, I also kind of understand. And then the last one. Uh, Freddie Freeman is sort of close to the most doubles ever. Uh, he's got 58, but the record is Earl Webb 67. I don't really imagine him getting so no one has hit those. No one has hit 60 doubles since the 1930s. Um, Nick Castellanos, of all people, hit uh, 58 two years ago, I believe it was. Um, so he, even if he doesn't break the record, he could be the first guy to hit 60 since you know since. T- baseball is on TV. I don't yeah, know. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that pretty much wraps it up. Um, obviously, if everybody hits their milestones, there are people that you might want to look into buying, but these are all names you'd want to buy anyway, like Bobby Witt or Acuna. Maybe not buying a story Ruiz just yet, but hey, you never know, right? Um, that's about it for the show today, guys. Uh, we're going to get through with our final thoughts. Uh, Garrett, usually you get to go first, so if you have a final thought, now's your time, bud. Uh, I have a final thought and a hot take. So go for it. My final thought would be, uh, do not freak out Bills fans. If we lose against the dolphins, the season is young. <laughs> They're a great team. I could just see everyone saying the sky is falling. If we come out and we look bad. So it's a national show. Bro. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't, don't freak out or the Cowboys fans or any fans. It's you're only a quarter way through the season. So I feel like bills or NFL fans are very reactive more than most sports. And the media is like that too. So, don't don't freak out how your team does this Sunday. And then hot take, Trevor Lawrence, the Jags offense, bye, bye, bye. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to finish top three in MVP voting, maybe even win it this year, uh, by the Jags offense in fantasy and on uh, your betting apps. And their cards? Yeah, and their cards. All right. They're, they're turning it around, it. trust me. Tommy, what you got, bud? So this is an apology to you, Joe. Fantastic. I didn't even know this was coming. Let's so go. next week I will be on vacation. Yeah, he's in Disney. So I'm in Disney with the family. So if you want to um, meet Tom, come out to Disney World. So, <laughs> um, so Joe is going to be here with who knows who. Oh crap! So, yeah. uh, good luck with two guest hosts. Yeah, that's um, true. I, I wish you luck. I will be thinking about you no, as you I'm going as I'm going down Space Mountain or whatever else ride I'm on Woo! at the moment. Uh, but in all in all seriousness. Um, Garrett, thanks for coming on. I know, uh, sometimes it's tough when you're not really expecting to do things and thrown into a situation and we're kind of figuring this out without Pat and thank you for, you know, bearing with us, you know, our, our, list, our listeners as well. Sure. Uh, we'll get this going and we'll find someone to fill those lofty shoes. Exactly. Uh, my final thought comes down to this. Uh, it appears unbeknownst to me that for a good chunk of the last week, our last episode was just silence after about 12 seconds of playing it. It wasn't like that when I put it up, but apparently somewhere along the way, the interwebs said, Hey, we're going to give you a whole bunch of silence. Uh, so sorry about that. Uh, for everybody who was listening that are, that are our listeners. Um, if you ever hear that, let me know right away because that way I can fix it as soon as possible. You can email me at hip or podcast at hip just to say, Hey, 
you know, it's not working on this app or this app. So I don't know what happened there, but either way, it's fixed. Um, I updated it. So now you kind of basically get a bonus episode, which is cool. Like you get to listen to two this week and I'll listen. You can hear our, uh, our NHL takes that we had last week, a whole bunch of stuff coming up. So I'm excited for that. And, uh, that's about it. So yeah, I don't really have a final thought other than that. If you hear us doing something dumb, I mean, no, I love knowing that stuff. Uh, thank you to everybody who listens. Uh, thank you, Garrett, of course, for coming on. Thank you, Tom, for being here and uh, stepping up with Patrick being gone. And yeah, that's it. We're, we uh, got some stuff to do. So we're going to get out of here and uh, we will see you next week. Take care. Bye.